Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to Screen Heroes, the film podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network, being recorded live and streamed to Facebook in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Screen Heroes. Join us live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, and chat during the show. This week, we are talking Hellboy 2004 in a retro review, as well as the latest news in entertainment, like the WandaVision trailer, Mandalorian Season 2, and She-Hulk. I am your host, Derek, and I have with me just one co-host this week, and that is my lovely wife, Ray. Hi, Ray. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm ready to talk some Hellboy. I've got a lot to say about it. Uh, I good. do want to say that this is the first episode where the content, the topic was picked by our group in uh, Facebook, the Facebook Screen Heroes group. And that is cool. And I'm glad it's a movie that I wanted to watch. Same here. You know, I'm going to be a little bit selfish there and say that I'm glad it's a movie I wanted to watch. I tried um, not to put anything on there that would be too <laughs> terrible. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So Ryan couldn't join us this week. He is a little under the weather. And so he watched the movie. We know he watched the movie, so we assume that he has opinions about it. But before we get to Hellboy, let's talk news. Let's first, do it. First, let's let's. Do you want to talk trailers first? Or you want to talk talk news first? Yeah, let's talk trailers. Talk trailers. Okay. Yeah, trailers are fun. Trailers <laughs> are fun. Well, we'll get the Mandalorian out of the way because our sibling series, Echo Station, is really going to be covering the Mandalorian because that's our star Wars podcast here on the heroes podcast network. So absolutely. And I think they've already done a rundown of it. So yeah. you should go check out that episode. Well, it actually comes out tomorrow. Oh, if you're well, watching us live yesterday, yeah. if you picked us up on our release day, so go check that out. Whoa. But Ray, what did you think of the Mandalorian season two trailer? Oh, for the most part, I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, I had uh, a lot of questions about it. I absolutely adore um, Mando himself, whatever his name is or isn't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I love him. Of course, I'm super excited to see the baby Yoda back. Of course. Like, who of course. isn't? Yeah. And I love that within seconds of it being out, there was already a t-shirt that said, um, where he goes, I go. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to get that. I, yeah. I want to get that shirt uh, so that people know that wherever you go, I'm going to go. 
there, there's some great stuff came out of this trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. Immediately after the trailer came out, there was a brand new GIF of when Baby Yoda. So they're at like some type of fight, you know, like a boxing match kind of thing for aliens, and shit's about to go down. Oh and so yeah! Baby Yoda closes his little canopy in his little floating stroller and that gifts already everywhere it was mm-hmm. like immediately and it's a great reaction just straight up nope <laughs> <laughs> but we get to know like what the season's about right yeah. so this season our mandalorian friend is going to be trying to find this race of sorcerers uh to return the baby alien to to its own people of course the sorcerers are jedi yes right? that's who they're referring to yes um, I I don't know. I always find whenever they refer to the Jedi in some very like g- generic, we're not really sure they exist kind of way, it makes me laugh because of over the years now, it's pretty obvious that the Jedi were very very real and impacted millions of lives. And so this idea that like people are like, well, maybe they were real. They had their own government. <laughs> Well, they, they ran like they were the main military force behind the, the Republic. So now know. if they're saying it as an insult because they don't understand it or they don't like it, that's a different story. But when you pretend like they just don't exist and they're myths, that's a little weird to me. It's just, yeah, it's silly. But so would hey. you rather be a Mandalorian or a Jedi? Well, definitely a Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want the mind abilities. You know, I want to be able to move things and, and have the physical abilities that the Jedi have. Lightsaber would be cool, you know. And if I can make enough money to, to have some cool armor built too, then great. <laughs> Why? That's what about fair. you? I mean, after the show, I'm kind of leaning more towards Mando. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like the idea of always having my face covered, but after, you know, the COVID pandemic, I'm getting used to it. So I'm not going to really complain Fair about enough. that. But they have cool weapons and they have like jetpacks. Some of them have jetpacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would be one of those. I'd be a jetpack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, the show looks good. It looks just as good as it did last season from a production value perspective. Yeah, it does. Which is not super surprising. And I'm looking forward to it. You know, it comes out October 30th, which is a Friday night. So I will be hunkered down watching that, you know, probably with you, I would, I would oh, think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Okay. Totally. Cool, 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 cool. We're not going anywhere. Nobody else lives with us. So it makes sense. That's true. That's true. We'll, we'll have our own baby Yoda to, at, the, at that point in time. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> then we have the WandaVision trailer, which yes. personally I find much more exciting because of the potential that this show has. So we now know that WandaVision is dropping in 2020, whereas Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier was pushed to Mm -hmm. 2021. So we're getting WandaVision this year and we have a trailer for it. And that show looks freaking awesome. Yeah, it does. It implies so many cool things. Like, first of all, we've got Catherine Hahn, who is supposedly playing Agatha Harkness, who is probably the big bad of the whole show. But let's be honest, Scarlet Witch is her own big bad. She gets in her own way, and that makes for 
Excellent storytelling. I am looking forward to so many aspects of this show. First off, I think the chemistry of Olsen and Bettany is great. I think they're great together. I think the characters are great together. Vision is one of my favorite characters in the whole MCU. So I'm still really mad that they killed him off as quickly as they did when other characters can just seemingly never die. Right. (laughs) And I I like, I'm a big fan of alternate, alternate reality, multiverse time bending type stories. I'm a big sci-fi person. And this show definitely borders much closer to science fiction than your normal superhero story. Yeah. It's very similar to uh, the way Thor is set up to where you know, magic and science mixed together to form this really cool fantasy sci-fi mix. And there's not, like, a lot of people lump those two genres together, but as we see more and more, they're not really easily mixed. And I think WandaVision's going to really do it. It looks wacky and it looks visually stunning you know it's shot in a bunch of different classic television styles some of it's in black and white some of it looks like it belongs on the brady bunch there's just Mm -hmm. a a lot to bring to the table we get to see more or less comic accurate versions of these two characters even though it appears to just be halloween costumes but how often do we get to see mcu characters wearing comic accurate outfits it never happens right It's never a thing, and I love it. It's such a fun outlook or just take on the two characters. I I adore it. Um, in one scene, they're holding two babies. Mm-hmm. And if you've read the comics, you know that could be Wiccan and Speed. And uh, they exist and don't exist all at the same time. So uh, I'm going for these guys don't really exist, but that's the best part about this is we can't tell what's in her mind and what's not. And she can't either. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. There's a lot of interesting potential here. There's Mm -hmm. opportunities for cameos from other MCU characters if I was going to guess the most likely, I would say probably, you know, Dr. Strange based yeah. on what his sequel is supposed to be focused on. Absolutely. Uh, people, eagle-eyed fans are suspecting that Darcy makes a return mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this show. I'm not entirely on board with that because the way they pointed it out doesn't look quite like darcy but if she's back in that would be really cool i'm not upset darcy was a fun side character absolutely yeah so i'm looking forward to i'm really stoked we don't have a date yet i'm assuming that it's going to drop probably right after mandalorian is over most likely would be my guess which actually lines it up for basically a christmas release yeah give or take a day or two. So that's what I'm anticipating is that we're going to see it drop just before Christmas mm-hmm. to you know, keep people subscribing, right? That way you start your subscription in the end of October. You keep it for all of November, December, January, and then, you know, you're, you're off to the races. So, right. And by January we have, uh, hopefully 
more word on uh, what's going to happen with the Eternals and Black Widow, and we we just get some more of that information. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is there anything else you want to touch on for the WandaVision trailer? Uh, I do want to point out that a lot of people are saying that WandaVision is not just a combo of their name. It's like they're using it more as television, Mm -hmm. only it's through Wanda's eyes. Yeah, I think it's super clever. I think that's very accurate. Like, and before we realized it, before we saw the trailer, before we even thought about this, we all made fun of the name. We thought it was hokey as hell. So now that other people have put it into perspective for me, I am totally on board. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I think it's still a cheesy title and that's not a bad thing. I think steering right. into it is what's important. The fact that they gave us that title set a tone and they seem to be steering into that tone. Yeah, I you agree. Know? And I think that's the more important factor is that if you're going to, if you're going to do this, you got to do it. You can't mm-hmm. tiptoe around it. And it doesn't look like they are. It looks like they're really taking it to, to the limits of what it can be. And I'm really looking forward to that. I am too. It looks like they're really going to explore the depths and the limits of her powers because mm-hmm. You know, she has the potential to be the most dangerous person in the MCU. And so far, she hasn't really been able to show that off a lot. Yeah, well, this this show is my most anticipated MCU project for the next couple of years here. Oh, that's cool. That's really what I'm looking because I, I love this style of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it goes well, I'm going to be very much looking forward to Doctor Strange, too, because I really like the first one. And I, again, yeah. it's the same stuff, right? It's reality warping and bending and time and all those good things. So. Oh, for sure. Sticking with the MCU train, you want to talk She-Hulk? Yeah, let's do it. So um, Tatiana Mosley, best known for her work on Orphan Black, the bbc show has been cast as uh she hulk as jennifer walters and uh personally derek and i have never seen an episode of orphan black we know quite a bit about it we know that uh she has played multiple different versions of herself and different clones and things like that and most of the time in the exact same episode so Uh, she's got a ton of range and could really show the difference between she hulk and jennifer yeah i mean if anything for me this is just a positive sign that the show is moving forward Mm -hmm. you know because like there a lot of stuff gets announced and then it never sees the light of day right there were talks about you know that the show that was going to have squirrel girl in it right And and they even did some casting for that and it ended up going they did they cast the entire thing and it never happened so when they talk about she hulk and they've been talking about it for a while and you know that it plays into you know bruce banner's hulk and mark ruffalo and you know how excited he is about the project but it's not moving forward i started thinking maybe it wasn't happening yeah you know and so this is positive it means that they're still working on it they still have intentions of moving forward so i'm really looking forward to it i think Doing this on on TV can be a little complicated, right? We've only seen a live action Hulk on television once and it was quite some time ago and it looked very different back then. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to handle the visuals. 
you know, the visuals are very important. You know, as we've seen Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, it always looks really good. The CGI is very clean. Say whatever you will about Professor Hulk, but the CGI was clean on it. So uh, this could be a big cash pit for them, money pit. And yeah, It'll be, it's hard. It's hard to say right now, uh, you know, how, how, how it's going to turn out because you know one of the there's a lot of talk about how we didn't see hulk in infinity war really because they were already tight on budget right you know and that was the main reason it's it's bruce banner and they added in the storyline and everything because they just couldn't really afford to have the hulk around as much and true or not you know it, it does raise some interesting questions and I'll be curious to see how they can handle a six to eight hour TV series and how much of it will she be, you know, hulked out because her character, it's kind of a shame they've already done the smart Hulk thing because she is a smart Hulk. She is. Yeah. So she's only quote unquote savage for a little bit of her time and very few times does she have any relapses, but mostly she figures out very quickly how to turn herself into She-Hulk on her own and she figures out how to stay in a calm zone when she is She-Hulk. And I guess, you know, maybe Bruce is like teaching her how to do that, you know, if they're going to bring Ruffalo in and that's kind of a cool concept. So there's some good opportunity there. Right. So keeping with the superhero stuff, because that's got, what we do here. We're, let's let's do we'll do good news first, and then we'll do bad news. Oh, okay. So good news first. The Harlequin cartoon has officially been renewed for season three, and Thank I am goodness. here for it. So exciting! If you haven't watched this Harlequin show, two seasons are out right now. It was a DC Universe show. It's moved over to HBO Max. Season three is officially HBO Max. The first two seasons are also available on HBO Max. Go watch it. It might be the best cartoon currently on that's you know being produced on television. Maybe. I think it really might be. Uh, maybe only you know step in step with like the Ducktales reboot. Oh my because... god, the Ducktales reboot is so well done. So yeah, uh, Harley Quinn and Ducktales are the best cartoons being produced right now. Absolutely, but especially especially like i think we're in this golden era of harley quinn because between margot robbie's live action portrayal of her and kaylee cuoco's cartoon adaptation it's just wonderful to watch both of them were made to bring this character to life and nothing against tara strong or arlene sorkin it's just She's been such a one note kind of character on screen for so long that getting to see her in all these different facets is just so wonderful. It's so amazing. I agree a hundred percent. I absolutely do. I wasn't sure if I was going to like the cartoon cause mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought it was going to get maybe a little, a little too silly, but they, it's so meta and it's written so smart and the animation is so solid. The voice cast is wonderful. The, some of the versions of these characters are my favorite versions of these characters. And uh, they're, like, they're so off the wall. Did you ever think you would love a Ron Funches killer, uh, King Shark? Because I never Shark, did. King Shark is amazing on this show. 
he is he is my favorite character like outside of harley Mm -hmm. on the show he's absolutely fantastic but even like this version of mr freeze is different it's not what i know you know what you normally see from him and he's still really good and you know clayface is just so over the top and cheesy and kind of shatner-esque in his in his style and it's perfect all of it is wonderful Mm -hmm. i agree so it's being renewed, which is great. They've also announced that DC Universe is converting to a basically digital comic service only. And all of the remaining DC Universe projects, which includes Titans and Young Justice, are moving Which was over. also renewed. Also renewed, yes, for season four. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is really exciting. Uh, both of those are moving over to HBO Max. So Doom Patrol was renewed as well. So we're getting a third season of Doom Patrol. We're getting a third season of the Harley Quinn cartoon, a third season of Titans, a fourth season of Young Justice, all of that on HBO Max. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what what more can I say? If you enjoy DC stuff at all, these four shows, you got to watch them. They are pretty killer stuff. Like, I'm just so excited. Yeah. Now for the bad news, uh, or however you want to take it, they have announced officially today that the CW's Supergirl show will be ending after its next season in 2021, which is season six. Melissa Benoist uh, came out and spoke to that. I'm not going to read her entire statement. You're welcome to, to go to her Twitter at Melissa Benoist, but I'm just going to read her first part. It's a three-part tweet. The first part says, quote, to say it has been an honor portraying this iconic character would be a massive understatement. Seeing the incredible impact the show has had on young girls around the world has always left me humbled and speechless. Mm-hmm. Go out, read the rest of it if you would like. Um, I uh, I have her thoughts. Statement but Ray, is please. absolutely wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what happened. To be completely honest, I don't know how far in advance this was planned. I don't know if this was a cancellation by the CW. However they're letting them wrap it up because that's what the cw does they very rarely just cancel and drop something it's usually about a year's heads up for the writers so that's nice i i'm a little upset about it because they've set up quite a few things including like a world's finest between batwoman and supergirl and you know, it's a missed opportunity that she never got to really interact with Stargirl. It's, uh, it's, and like we were saying earlier, just privately throughout the day, there's not much you can do with Supergirl to enter that's not super depressing. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, if she ever she seems like the type of character to me that if she ever really fell for somebody completely like maybe she would retire if she had a kid or something like that but she wouldn't stay away for long see i think that's that's a very risky storyline because in the comics superman gets a kid and he keeps mm -hmm. on fighting crime so when you paint the the woman version of that character as you know quitting the hero job it just, it, I don't think that comes off well. I completely agree. I, maybe it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And it really bothers me because Stephen Amell hated the way he was killed off. He knew that 
you know, death was the only way for this character to stop. But the fact that they did it not even in his shows, in his show, they did it in Supergirl and not in Green Arrow. That really, you know, yeah. bugged him. Yeah. And, and the reason for that, for people who don't know, is when they do these massive crossovers, each crew from a show gets to do their episode. And so you're not, he wasn't working with his normal Arrow crew. He was working with the Supergirl crew. Yep. And, you know, so when you think about like, how do you get rid of Supergirl? Well, you can make her lose her powers, which mm-hmm. you have to come up with some way that she loses her powers that doesn't affect Superman that is completely irreversible, which is not easy. She has to be killed, which they've already killed off Ollie. So, you know, it seems to set kind of a pretty depressing um, precedent for the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. Or you have to trap her somewhere like the Phantom Zone or something like that, where there's the possibility of her returning at some point. And then you also run the risk of, well, how does she get trapped somewhere where nobody knows where? And then why would her cousin not try and save her? Right. So it's a very delicate situation that they're in. I'm certainly disappointed. Yeah. I because I I was just going to say, because they finally, since the show started, I was concerned she wasn't in the same universe as Arrow and Flash. And -hmm. then when CBS moved it over to the CW, I was like, okay, so they're just going to change it. Like they'll do something timey wimey with Flash, the quote Flashpoint that they did and bring her in. And then they didn't. And I'm like, this is such a waste to not have these characters together. And they finally did it with Crisis on Infinite Earths. They finally brought everybody together. You know, Black Lightning, Batwoman, they're all there. They're all together. It's perfect. It's what I've always wanted from DC live action television. And now... You know, we're not even a year out from Crisis and they've announced that Supergirl's ending. They've yeah. already had to replace Batwoman. And you know, don't get me wrong, I hope that the, the new setup works really well. And I'm glad that they're pushing forward with it. But, you know, they, that's already shaky. They lost Oliver and Arrow's gone at this point. We don't know if the, the Canary show is going to happen or not. That seems to be kind of on the fringe. Superman's getting his own show. Mm-hmm. With Lois, which may or may not end up being good. I mean, we we know we like the two actors, but that's about it right now. Supergirl was kind of like the leader at this point, being the most powerful. She has a, a very leadership personality, right? And now you've taken that away. So Flash is now your, your only veteran hero, really, because Legends yeah. is all over the universe and the timelines. Yeah. So I'm bummed out about that frankly me too so i don't know what else there is really to say about it yeah i'm with you i i don't know i really hope they handle it uh in a good way i hope melissa's happy with it and i just uh it's not fun (laughs) yeah so on that positive note We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will be talking Hellboy 2004. We'll be right back, everybody. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, we are back. We are back. We are Screen Heroes. I'm Derek. This is Ray. We're talking Hellboy 2004, not to be confused with Hellboy 2019. Nope couple of small things you guys know i like my numbers so we're going to talk numbers for just a moment there are how did this do so there are three live action hellboy films this one hellboy 2 the golden army in 2008 and then the hellboy 2019 reboot that we saw a couple years ago Mm -hmm. we also reviewed that one if you're interested you can go check out our review of hellboy 2019 (laughs) the 2019 film actually had the smallest budget of yes. the three, $50 million. This one had 60 and Hellboy 2 had $82.5 million. The second film was the most successful by far, bringing in over $160 million. The new one did very poor, just under $41 million. Yes. This movie brought in just under $100. 99.82. Yeah. So okay. almost $100 million on a $60 million budget. So... It's not a failure. It's not a box office bomb. It's not a massive blockbuster success, but it did well. Yeah. Well enough for them to order a second film. And the second film did even better, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's a positive thing. It's got a 6.8 on IMDb. This film stars Ron Perlman, of course, William Hurt. Or John, William Hurt. John Hurt. John Hurt. <laughs> John Hurt. I apologize. Yeah. William Hurt. I, lo- I love William Hurt, too. I lo- that's, I think, the thing is I love both of those actors a lot. Uh, John Hurt, excuse me. Selma okay. Blair and Doug Jones, sort of. Well, his 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 Doug acting. Jones and David Hyde Pierce. There you go. Thank you. There You're you go. welcome. Uh, I'm very specific about it because Doug Jones is one of my favorite actors as well. The man is incredible. And so I, he voices... Abe Sapien in the second film, but not in this one. Correct. So it's a little weird, but that's it. That that's your cast for Hellboy 2004. Mm-hmm. So spoiler alert for a a 16 year old film. But Ray, <laughs> what? Where do you want to start? What I know you said earlier today, you got a lot to say. Well, yeah, because I I realized that first and foremost i didn't remember shit about this movie (laughs) and i think like i've seen it so many times i didn't remember it i really love the golden army so much i think it's a great sequel i think there is just iconic scenes in it that make the story so much more enjoyable so i think that golden army ended up pushing this one out of my brain Mm, um but i i want to start at the beginning can we just point out how great the casting of young professor broom was he looks and talks so much like john hurt and it was so well done that i just i was so blown away i forgot 
all about how great young uh, Professor Broom was. Yeah, so that's Kevin Trainer. Kevin so Trainer uh, hasn't done a whole lot recently, unfortunately. Did some TV work mainly. It's really what what he mm-hmm. was known for in his career. But yeah, he did such a wonderful job of learning John's mannerisms, the way he talks, the way he moves. It's very, very believable. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, also, starting with the beginning, we get the uh, the opening scene is incredibly well done. It's very interesting and riveting, and it's about you know twenty minutes long, so they don't really rush through it. They explain quite a bit about the origins of Hellboy and the origins of Professor Broom. Um, I. I think I've reached that point, which has got to have been a point for you that that you hit just years ago. Um, We're seeing any Nazi symbolism of any kind just hurts now. Like I didn't used to have that because Nazis were, you know, an easy source to villain. You know, the entire world hated Nazis. And now... You know, they're on our streets. Like, it's a very real thing that they're back. And so uh, just seeing them, as soon as I saw that uh, swastika and the dragon flag, I was just like, I got a bad taste in my mouth. I got a little sick to my stomach. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what my husband has probably felt multiple times in his life. So not when it comes to this kind of stuff. No, I, if anything, not this, I'm not saying that for this case, but if anything, I tend to just find it kind of lazy because it is an easy villain. You don't really have to spend any exposition or narrative time explaining to the audience that these are the bad guys. And here's why you just have to show the red armband with the swastika or show a guy who kind of looks like Hitler. And it's like, Oh, okay. These are the bad guys. it's (laughs) It's a very easy narrative trick. Right. And so sometimes it comes off as a little lazy, because it's like they no one wanted to spend the time to come up with a different villain they just you know so they just picked the nazis that's an easy one in this case it doesn't it doesn't bother me because i think it works narratively i think the way they weave the beginning is fine i think the characters fit that because of the way the comics work and all of that so that doesn't really bother me here i'm not saying it doesn't i you know bother me ever i think it just depends like in captain america it works Right. Because it's World War yeah. Two. And who are you fighting in World War Two? Right. So, right. You know, in Indiana Jones, some most of the time it works in Indiana Jones, you know, because of, of some of the timetables there. So I'm fine with that in this context. That doesn't okay. that doesn't really bother me here. That's so. that's totally fair. And you're absolutely right. You really don't need any exposition on why Nazis are bad and they can be a pretty easy villain because there's still so much that we don't know about the nazis people say you know that they got messed up in all kinds of horrible science experiments and magic and stuff like that so it 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 can make for a scientific or fantasy or historical type villain for any kind of story so i get it it's fair. So the, the beginning of the movie is fine for me. I think that there's 
there is some stuff that's very vague. The way the portal functions, I think, is a oh, little yes. confusing and inconsistent at times. Like the light goes into it with the extension cord and everything's fine and it's still powered. But when a body hits it, mm-hmm. everything, including the non-organic clothing and glasses are all like disintegrated. You know, so like I completely ru- agree. The rules are a little funky. But otherwise, it's it's a fine scene. You get you know you get some some cool action sequences, and you get to see some interesting special effects, and then you meet Baby Hellboy. Yeah, and you meet Russian villain Grigory Rasputin, <laughs> who I always forget is in the movie. Oh, me too. Me uh, too. Like it's so weird that they mixed up uh, the Russian bad guy who's kind of larger than life who's also surrounded in mysticism and mystery and uh then of course the nazis so but like i think my my problem with rasputin is like the entire after he's resurrected anyway he basically looks like he walked on like walked off the matrix set Uh, he looks so much like cypher right exactly yes exactly what it was cypher with a beard instead of a soul patch he told a hundred a hundred percent and so i keep watching it and i keep thinking it's cypher and Mm -hmm. it just doesn't because nothing else in the movie is cyberpunky nothing nothing you know it's just the way he looks and i'm just Uh like it just takes me out of it every time he's on screen Uh uh-huh yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Now, towards the end, when he has, like, these really cool black and green robes, I was all about that. Because that's not cyberpunk. Like, that's the mystical warlock shit that I was wanting the whole movie. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So, you know, the, the baby Hellboy marks the beginning of some special effects that definitely don't hold up as well as I remembered. Which is so weird because I feel like half the special effects do. The environmental special effects looked really good. That portal looked really good. I remember thinking to myself, damn, that looks great. And then Hellboy comes on and I was like, oh, okay. I think the, <laughs> okay. the, line, the line is where something could have been done practically is when it doesn't look good. Yes. Right? So like baby Hellboy is 100% CGI. Yes. Right. And they could have had some type of puppetry involved. Yes. Right. I agree. And, and I think that's where the problem is. And Hellboy, Ron Perlman's Hellboy looks so good. And Abe Sapien looks so good oh that when God. they move from the practical version of the character to a CGI version of the character, it's very noticeable. Yes. And I think I'm that's part you. of the problem is that the, the practical effects work, the makeup work, the prosthetics are some of the best in film especially at the time and the cgi is just nowhere near as good okay yeah i think i think that's the main issue i noticed it anytime he moved he had to like uh gesticulate with the right hand of doom kind of thing like he snapped his fingers once and yeah it went from cg or from practical to cgi so fast but it wasn't a smooth transition and i was not a fan yeah and one of those shots where where he's hellboy's got his hand up to do something like that Mm -hmm. the hand doesn't even necessarily look like they placed it in the right spot no no you're totally right you know, like, so, like, they didn't even have him actually hold his hand up for reference. 
they just <laughs> added it in and so it just, yeah. it looks like it's just floating which is yeah. it's a common cgi problem and it's just a shame because all of the practical stuff looks so wonderful in this movie that it just kind of those are the moments that break you out of it yes i agree absolutely so since we're on hellboy let's talk about hellboy himself let's talk about okay. ron perlman so a couple of interesting things about him first off so he doesn't have uh um like hooved feet like he does in the comics he's got boots he's got normal feet well as as normal as can be to fit inside of a boot anyway i guess we don't really know what they look like but he never takes them off so they never worried about answering that question or any prosthetics for it so we don't know but other than that he's pretty freaking accurate to the comics yeah everything else pretty much matches uh, the look in the comics and the look holds up the entire film. Everything looks mm-hmm. good. That little nicks and cuts, you know, that look like he's been through different battles and those all look good. Everything's consistent. The horns, you know, are, are really nice. The detail solid. And he's just, you know, a presence. He absolutely is. It's incredible. Um, I was just thinking the other day about like who are, perfectly cast characters and i i left off ron perlman and it i've regretted it ever since because (laughs) i just feel like ron perlman is hellboy and no offense to david harbour he really tried his hardest on that but it's just impossible boots to fill it is a difficult situation i mean putting aside everything that happens in the 2019 film putting all of that aside, you have the shoulders of Ron Perlman, you know, Mm -hmm. looming over you because he, in most people's minds is Hellboy. Yes. He is, he is more Hellboy than any other incarnation of Hellboy comic or otherwise. And a very large group of people, including Ron Perlman wanted a third film with the same cast and crew. Right, Ron Perlman would come back, and Doug Jones would come back, and Del Toro would come back, and we yeah. would have a third film in that trilogy. And it, it d- never happened for various reasons. And I think because of all of that, the 2019 film was kind of doomed to fail. I agree. And we we talked about the 2019 film. We didn't just completely shit on it because we don't do that for everything. Uh, we pointed out the stuff that we really liked in it. And I mean, it just didn't have a lot. And it's, it's really difficult when you have, you know, these Doug Jones and Ron Perlman in your main roles. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Doug Jones, like, and David Hyde Pierce in this case, I, he plays, Abe Sapien plays such a bigger role in the second movie. I completely forgot that he was sidelined about, you know, two thirds of the way in. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely a bit of a bummer because first off the design of that character is absolutely outstanding. Oh yeah. You know, Abe is one of the coolest looking characters and the fact that they were able to bring that to life at all and have it look good is, is amazing. And Doug Jones is a creature actor. You know, he plays yes. Saru on Star Trek Discovery now, just as a, a basis of comparison. And I don't, I don't know that anybody does creature acting better. You know, no, he, it, 
I think it's, I mean, just looking at Doug Jones's career is pretty obvious that he's a creature actor, but let's not forget that so it's Ron Perlman, you know, he did quite a few prosthetic like roles. And so the two of them teaming up for this is a match made in heaven. Right. You have two of the best who've ever done it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I consider Doug Jones to basically be like the Andy Circus of creature acting. Absolutely. Right? Andy Circus is the man for mocap and uh, Doug Jones is the man for uh, prosthetics and creature work. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a bummer that the character is, as you said, sidelined because I'm, is, I'm sure yeah. it wasn't an easy character to, to film and put together and act in, and it may have been very expensive, but it's, it's the balance of the two I think is really great because mm-hmm. Abe is the brains mm-hmm. right? and Hellboy is the, the brawn and having that balance helps the story because you can get the exposition and the detail as the audience, but all the action sequences that, that Hellboy brings you and the, set, the, the, the rest of the film doesn't have that balance. Right. It does not. Uh, you know who is just incredibly weak for me? And I think it's a huge reason why I blocked this out. I really dislike John Myers. So you, you know? Like the, the character? or Yeah, you, yeah, okay. the character. I have nothing against the actor. He actually did a fine job with what he had if this is you know what he was given but i just he his character is boring and he really only serves as a linchpin to the liz and hellboy relationship you know he just he's a thorn in their side i think i think my main problem with it is he's kind of an idiot because even if he's interested in Liz, Mm -hmm. let's, you know, at all, he's just met her. He knows that she's very unstable because of where she has, he has to get her. But on top of that, he knows that the man who's in love with her is Hellboy, And this little squirt is going to what? Try and take her for his own. Like, and Hellboy, he's not he's not worried about Hellboy like, I don't know, punching him through a building. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think like, he's very worried about Hellboy hurting him. But is he? I he also act think like it. I I also think that he truly believes he holds a, a better position to get with Liz, considering he looks normal. They could go on dates. They could go for coffee, whereas Hellboy can't, and he recognizes that. Oh, yeah. I'm certainly not saying it doesn't make sense for the two of them to like each other, but I do think he shows very little concern for his own personal safety because he's just met these people. He's just met Hellboy. He's just met Liz. He knows that Hellboy can destroy monsters (laughs) hell and punch holes through walls. Right. He knows that Liz can, can detonate an entire hospital facility. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm going to insert myself right in the middle of this and create a love triangle. Yeah, not the smartest move. <laughs> uh, I think I'm more disappointed in the fact that he's going to jeopardize his job 
he's worked for the FBI in Quantico for quite some time, and then he gets this new job and wants to, you know, go, like, make enemies with the guy he's supposed to be watching over and then date Mm -hmm. one of the other people on the BPRD. Like, what are you thinking, buddy? Not smart. It just all seems like a very bad idea. It totally does. And I think that's my problem yeah. with the character. It just seems stupid. Yeah, no, nobody else seems dumb, right? Maybe everybody doesn't make the best decisions <laughs> in the world, but no, no one else seems like they're making a purposefully stupid decision. I agree. I don't think anybody else actually is. But that's, you know, that's just me. Um, now, we do have... John Hurt's character, though, Tre- Trevor Br- uh, Broom, who we talked about, the younger version of the character. John Hurt is one of my or was one of my favorite actors. I think he's he's absolutely wonderful in everything I've ever seen him in. Whenever he's on screen, he just steals it. That dude plays so like he plays such a big part in all my favorite things. Like there's Alien, there's Hellboy, there's Doctor Who, like. And Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh my God. I, he's done so many stuff, so many things that like, I tend to forget about a lot of it. And then I get really excited when I see him. Mm-hmm. So I, I adore that man and he lives such a wonderful life. I, I wish he could have gone on forever. Cause I would have watched it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And Broom is a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. He absolutely is. Clearly very intelligent, clearly very torn between wanting to protect individuals like Hellboy, but also and Liz, and Liz but also the world and mm-hmm. having a sense of responsibility. And I think my only problem with the character is they create this emotional arc of him being on the verge of death. Yes. I know where you're going with this and I completely agree. And so they build that up. Like this is going to be a big thing. Like he's probably going to die in Hellboy's arms and it's Mm going to be really emotional and, and all that. But instead he's more or less unceremoniously killed for really no reason at the end of the day. I wish it would have been one or the other. Like don't give the character cancer if he's not going to die of cancer. Uh, but as soon as like Rasputin and him meet, you know, he's going to die. There's no way around it. And it's, just, it's a very right. frustrating situation because what's, what's the illness for then? What purpose exactly. does it really serve? It serves zero purpose because Hellboy never finds out. He never knows that his dad kept that from him because mm-hmm. um, Abe doesn't tell him. And so, that's, that's, yeah. it, it just creates this narrative that just takes up time in the film. Yes. That's really not necessary. And I'm in, I'm in the position of, I, I don't remember the difference between the theatrical cut and the extended cut of this movie. So maybe the theatrical cut plays that down and they added some of it back in for, for the extended cut. I can't say. Right. But oh, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> think it serves any real purpose. I don't think it furthers any character development. I don't think it further, furthers the plot. It just kind of is just fluff. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. So then we have Tom Manning, who's the boss, the big, the big boss played by oh. Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well yeah. what are your thoughts, Ray? Okay. So <laughs> in hindsight, Jeffrey Tambor is really difficult to watch because of his uh, sexual assault and harassment accusations. Mm. Uh, so it's not very easy to just see him and be okay with it. But first of all, like, I didn't like this character when he first came out. He's a dick. He is a narcissistic, unknowledgeable man in charge. He is the epitome of the man, like, failing upward kind of thing. Like, he, he's just not very pleasant at all and uh yeah so that's that's my take on this guy the thing that's supposed to redeem his character is that at the end of the movie he uh teaches hellboy how to appropriately light his cigars like what and now we're best friends no (laughs) yeah i mean he's that's kind of the whole point of the character right it's like kind of like an 80s action movie where like Mm -hmm. you have to have some business guy who's just a total prick oh yeah yeah he is the the walter peck exactly or yeah absolutely like he's just doing his job and he might be making smart decisions but you still hate him (laughs) so he's like the real villain to me like yeah yeah (laughs) recipe and whatever it's manning right like he gets a few agents killed for being an idiot he totally does Um, let's talk about liz we haven't talked about liz i adore liz i think she's so wonderful i love the pyro uh kinesis because that is pyrokinetic powers that blow me away they look amazing every time i love that she's blue and everything else turns to the normal orange fire uh I love her character that she's there to protect herself because she is just doing her best. She's seen so much tragedy that she has caused that she wants to just keep everybody safe and herself safe. And it's very important to her. What do you think of Liz? I think she's fine. I think that part, part of the problem I think with her character is, is that she we don't get a great introduction to her, right? We already know she's very troubled. She's apparently left this group 13 times, but she keeps coming back. And, you know, part of me is just like, all right, well then she tells Hellboy she never wants to see him again, but she's probably told him that a dozen times already. Yeah. Right. But she keeps coming back. And I don't know. I just, I don't find that very appealing as, as a story point. And I also think that, it just becomes, she becomes the damsel in distress to, to move the plot along because she doesn't really do much on her own. She has one moment, right. Where she kills all of those creatures and their eggs, mm-hmm. the hounds, the hell hounds. She does do yeah. that. And it's a really cool moment, but then they're all immediately captured afterwards. Yeah. Right. So they're immediately captured. She's immediately killed. <laughs> 
not entirely sure what, how she's unconscious or what, what's keeping her unconscious before right. he takes her soul, but she is. Yeah. Right. And then. I uh, hated the fact that she was naked or it was implied that she was naked. Like, what was the point of that? Yeah, that's a big movie trope where like in order to be part of this ritual, you have to be naked. But we also don't want an NC-17 rating. So we're going to put a shroud over you, which makes it not you not naked. Exactly. Naked. So, so. so she kills off the hellhounds and the eggs. Rasputin takes her un, uh, like comatose body and gets her naked, puts her on this uh, altar kind of thing, and then drapes her in a robe that uh, matches his robes, but isn't a robe because later when she wakes up and stands up without touching it, it doesn't fall down. So it's unclear. It's definitely unclear. (laughs) And I mean, like clothing, like clothing doesn't really make sense in this movie anyway. Right. You've got, you know, she, she's a fire starter, but her clothes never burn. And while Hellboy is impervious to burning, I find it unlikely that all of his clothing is like, he only wears flame retardant clothing, all of it. Right. You know? And so like, that doesn't really work. That never really makes sense. So, but you know, my, my real problem is that she's the damsel in distress. And then he gives up. He's a bit well, about mm, to, fair. he's about to give up everything he's ever fought for. Everything his father taught him to fight for to save this one person. Right. Yeah. And the whole world's going to be destroyed, but he'll save her. And then he's only kind of taken out of it because of the rosary. That's his father's. Mm-hmm. you know and it's just, it's just it's kind of a loose it's just kind of a loose thing you know it's it's one of those things where like rasputin's entire plot is based on characters making very specific choices that are not entirely clear based on actions that occur yeah right and but yeah as luck would have it everybody ends up where they're supposed to be but the plan doesn't work out it's like how it always goes and i don't know that's fine like i think she and jeffrey tambor's character gets a lot better in the second movie yes um yeah you know she gets to do a lot more she's more hands-on and her powers are utilized a lot better in my opinion Mm -hmm. so i think it's just really obvious that this movie is ron perlman's movie and it I is. think yeah. in between the four years in between Guillermo del Toro figured out what he wanted to do with the characters surrounding him. I think that's fair. I think it is. So how do you feel about the big bad fight at the end with the squid monster creature? Okay. So um, I adore squid and, octopus stuff i i really do i think it was way too much from start to finish just from the beginning the i completely forgot about the seven gods of chaos in between the opening and the end i it just they stopped talking about it so i stopped caring and then the seven gods aren't even different they're all just like giant tentacle monsters coming out of the sky and uh that's you know not very fun it's a little repetitive and boring at times uh 
That's um, fair. Now, the actual monster that he fights, I think, is way cooler because it starts off so small and then ends up getting giant. <laughs> yes. And that is, that is pretty cool, to be completely honest. And that scene where he says, like, how big can it be? That was straight from the trailer. I remember that. And it's such a Hellboy moment. Like, because his character can be pretty much summed up by this cocky guy on the outside, this insecure boy on the inside. And he has to, like, meld those two together so much. Right. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well... I think we need to take another break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up our thoughts on Hellboy 2004. Let's do it. Break time. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. All right, we are back. We're talking Hellboy 2004. Is there anything else? Because we haven't really touched on the hounds for example, or, or any, anything like that. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up our discussion? So the hounds were a really good example of what practical effects can do versus what happens when you need to rely on CGI instead. And uh, I, I just think it was really obvious when there was one at the beginning, it looked amazing from start to finish. And then when it started getting more and more and more, each of them looked a little less polished. Each of them moved a little more clunky. So I think if they had just stuck with one, it would have been amazing. It didn't have to multiply. It could have just continued to resurrect. Yeah, I, I liked the way it multiplies because I think it's a good consequence for Hellboy's personality. Oh yeah. Right. Because his whole thing is diving headfirst into a situation, guns blazing, you know, stone fist flying without really thinking right. things through. Like Abe's trying to explain what this creature is and Hellboy doesn't really want to hear it. He wants to skip to the end and move and know how to kill it and move on. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the perfect consequence for that. Like, okay, fine. You want to do that? Then you can go ahead and kill this one, but now you're going to have twice as many to deal with. Okay. I right? get that. That makes sense. It teaches him to have to reel things in, to slow yeah. down for a second, maybe listen to the smart guy. <laughs> right. He wants to do that. And, you know, there's, there's more at stake. There's, there's more ways to, to get around than just punching your way through. Right. Like, yeah, sometimes, mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to punch your way through, but not yeah. all the time. 
And unfortunately, I think the movie undercuts that message by at the end where he literally goes down the throat of the beast and blows up a bunch of grenades to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, he kind of... I love that he, he like, mentally prepares for it, that he says, oh, this is going to hurt, and he just does it. <laughs> and some of that is smart because he knows the fire doesn't hurt him, but the fire is mm-hmm. going to hurt it. I don't know. Again, that thing's supposed to be a god, so yeah. I think it's a little weird that a stone sword and grenades can hurt it anyway. But that may right. be beside the point. Well, also, like, he burns the one hound in the beginning, and then it, they never explain what's so special about Liz's fire to why um, they were burned and kept or stayed dead instead of coming back. Yep. That's a very, very good point. I yeah. didn't make it eloquently, but yeah, it is a good point. Even if you assume that the duplication does not apply to ones that are still in the egg, right? right. Let's let's pretend for a minute it just doesn't include those. Yeah. There was still like six of them. So there yeah. should be like a dozen or and so. Two of them did hatch too. So. Yeah. so like there should at least be a dozen or so more of those things walking around. So you're right. That's you totally so. dropped. It's never explained. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. 100%. Now, I, it didn't. It wouldn't have taken much. You don't have to explain to me that the woman with pyrotechnic powers is a bit more special than the guy who just can withstand electrocution. It honestly wouldn't have taken much. But I don't know. But, but I need the, a line. I think the problem is that, like, the the the, the, the hound's like essence leaves the body and goes mm-hmm. and creates two more. I don't know what about. Liz's fire stops that from happening. Yeah. There's no explanation. Yeah. So. Can I just, like, I know we already talked about this, but can I just say how, like, awful it is when anytime I see a soul get sucked out through the mouth, like, <laughs> it immediately just makes me cringe. I'm like, oh. Where, where do you want it to come from? Like, pull it out of your ear or something? I would rather it be, like, a, a thing like through the chest ah. you know because as humans well as americans we associate our our love and our light for our life force a lot with our heart so if it's just like pulled through our chest it's so much more magical and less cringy <laughs> like if you say so if i was selma blair i'd be like no no don't put your mouth on me <laughs> Well, she was clearly unconscious for some unknown reason. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> some fun facts for the movie. Yeah. So Ron Perlman obviously got the role, and he was wanted by both Mike Mignola, who created the character, and Del Toro, who uh, directed and wrote the film. Mm-hmm. But two other uh, A-list, now A-list actors were up for the role. They were contenders, and those are Vin Diesel... Oh, okay. I could have seen him do a pretty good job. Who was also considered for Abe Sapien once they decided not to have him be Hellboy, which I think is an interesting take. That I'm not such a He big... wasn't quite as jacked back then, so it might Oh, you're right. Might have worked. The other guy was Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I have never heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, that's, that's, I could see that. I'm really glad I went to Ron Perlman. 
I mean, I am too. It's just interesting to kind of see who they were looking at mm-hmm. for, for these different characters. It's just kind of interesting. Agreed. So, you know. But luckily enough, both both Mignola and Del Toro had Ron Perlman as their number one choice mm-hmm. for the character. And he made things really easy because the the costume and design team and everything were stressing out because they wanted to make Hellboy left hand uh, have the, the the rock hand on his left hand, so that way the actor would be able to use their their right hands, you know, mm-hmm. while in, in makeup. But Ron Perlman is the left handed, yes. like all the best people, and yes. so they didn't have to worry about it, and he got to be accurate to the comics without any concern for his that's, ability to do stuff. That's fantastic because you know that people would have freaked out about that. So it's cool. It's a cool thing. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a nice thing to know there. So there you go. Anything else you'd like to say about Hellboy 2004? I don't think so. I think we covered everything. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I told um, you, I did have a lot, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's fair. <laughs> e- either way, I, I think I agree with you. I think that this movie is not as good as number two. I think that they're both better than the 2019 mm-hmm. version. Yes. You know, but either way, I, I, I enjoy the movie. I think it looks really cool. I think it's a, just kind of a fun, mindless action flick. There's nothing like super exciting about it that you need to mm-hmm. kind of focus on. We did post polls on this though, mm-hmm. both in our Facebook group and that's facebook.com slash groups slash screen heroes. Come join us, talk movies, we're doing a massive sci-fi franchise tournament right now. Woo. All that kind of good stuff, you, you know, so just come join us there. But we did a poll there. We also did it on Twitter at Screen Heroes Pod. And mm-hmm. both polls had this movie winning out of the trilogy. Well, not yep. trilogy, but the three films, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> so Yeah, you're absolutely right. thought that was interesting. So people really like this one. And I think that, uh, you know, that's just very interesting. It makes me want to watch the sequel, though. Like, that's the thing. I want to go watch number two now well maybe we can find time to do it you know in the next few days or so (laughs) right so okay so let's go ahead and wrap things up here's what you need to know our loyal lovely listeners so theoretically either today that this episode comes out or maybe the next day ray and i will hopefully have our first kid yes which That's is super, our goal. super cool. Yeah. Like so. outside of me and in our arms kind of situation. Right. And with that in mind, we will be taking next week off so we can settle, try and figure things out and be home and all those different types of things. So after that, we're definitely coming back. We are returning mm-hmm. and we've got lots of stuff planned. So keep your eyes on our Twitter feed and in our Facebook group so you can see what topics we're going to be covering, what movies and things we're going to be discussing all that kind of fun stuff you know we've got some things planned we've got some fun movies in mind i know ryan desperately wants to talk about suburban commando and i classic hulk hogan film (laughs) that ray's very against so we'll see what we can do but join us we will be back in two weeks to talk more movie stuff with you so we hope that you've enjoyed this week's episode Ray, if people want to talk to you about Hellboy or She-Hulk or WandaVision or whatever, 
How can they Whatever. do Whatever. Okay. So you guys can hit me up at Siren Ray on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I'm, of course, at the Star Trek dude. So you can find me out there. We are Screen Heroes. You can find us at Screen Heroes Pod or HeroesPodcast.com. We're also the Heroes Podcast Network on Facebook. And like mm-hmm. I said, we have, a, we have a Facebook group. You can subscribe to us on so many different platforms now, guys. This is crazy. We are now on Stitcher. We are now on Geosavon, which is the one of the largest podcast platforms in india we mm-hmm. are on Podchaser. we are on google podcasts now and all that kind of good stuff so subscribe drop us a review if you drop us a review i promise we will talk about it here on the show good or bad so go ahead and drop us a review you can review us on places like podcast addict apple Podcasts, stitcher all those places allow you to drop reviews So go ahead and do that. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us or joining us live. We really appreciate your support. We will be back in two weeks, everybody. Have a good one. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.